Welcome, everyone. It is week seven from the stands, college football game day show. Joining me again, Andy Hopper, resident Illinois fan, and Tom Scavetta, resident Notre Dame fan. Andy showing that injured finger. Uh, what happened there, guy? We, we almost lost you for the game day? I'm on, I'm on IR this week. IR? Boys. <laughs> uh, well, actually, no, because I'm playing through it, so... Yeah, I know what these these uh, young athletes are going through each week on the field, battling through injuries. I cut my finger on a shard of glass, uh, kind of deep, bled for uh, you know three or four hours. No big deal there, except the fact that uh, it is. Um, but I'm here. Well, week seven, I think week six. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think it was the best weekend of football we have had yet. Oh my God, I'm so excited to get uh, into the review of last week, but it was, one, my, I think, my favorite week uh, pretty, pretty so good far in football. Yeah, I agree. Tom, how's your week been? It's been going good. You know, we got to catch some college football last Saturday um, live in person. I got mm-hmm. to see an NEC game, Sacred Heart University against Merrimack at uh, Shoes Homecoming. That was a lot of fun getting to catch up with some of my old pals and uh yeah you know quite frankly it was a very very interesting week in college football and I'm really excited to get into this week six recap because there is quite a bit to talk about and we will we'll jump right into it the weekly recap uh Andy we'll start with you uh what caught your eye what are your favorite games in this what you're calling maybe best week college football in a while so I'm going to try to keep it quick, but there was just like the early games were terrific. The late game, we got the upset. So obviously Oklahoma and Texas, Texas was back for like three and a half quarters. And then Caleb Williams comes in and says, no, no, no. Uh, also, I, I want to point out, it wasn't just Williams that played well. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, two late touchdowns, and he goes for 217 yards. The Texas defense just broke down. Uh, at the end of this game, Bijan Robinson, he was electric. Everybody saw that that run that Reggie Bush commented on Twitter, said, I see you, uh, said it made him stand up and uh, clap. Uh, he goes for 137 and a touchdown. I didn't think Casey Thompson was bad in this game. He throws for 388 and five scores. Uh, I think really the defense just kind of let them down at the end of the game. Uh, tragic for anybody that had Texas plus three and a half. Are you kidding me? Uh, what a way to lose that um, that late touchdown run by Brooks. Uh, also in the early window, Arkansas Ole Miss was insane. A 52-51 to 51 finish. Sam Pittman putting his nuts on the table, going for two. Uh, at the end of regulation, they don't get it. Uh, the lane train holds on. Uh, that's a big game there. What, uh, I also wanted to mention the game that probably nobody watched. I think like 95% <laughs> of the country probably didn't watch this game. But UTSA is now six and zero. They out. They they beat Western Kentucky fifty two to forty six. Brian, I know you and I talked about this game a little bit, but this was insane. It was uh, Frank. Frank Harris throws for three forty nine and six touchdown. He also ca- he also catches a twenty three yard touchdown pass. Uh, they outlast Western Kentucky. Um, Western Kentucky's quarterback, Zappy, uh, throws was 38 for 60 for 523 <laughs> and five touchdowns himself. Uh, I don't know how the Hilltoppers are one and four. They are a lot better than, than that record. You also had, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sincere McCormick, love this name, 23 carries for 123 yards. Uh, you had Josh Cephas, eight catches for 83. You also had, um, 
decor. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Decorian Clark, uh, the, um, for, uh, he had a 43 yard touchdown. He finishes, uh, with, uh, seven catches for 160 yards. They've got weapons on the outside. They've got a great running back. Frank Harris is an awesome, uh, quarterback. I'll, I'll get into the Roadrunners later. I know we're doing a segment about that, but that was a game that 99% of the country didn't watch, but they should have watched. It was absolutely electric. I think the live total went up to like 95 or something. <laughs> uh, I'm so mad. I didn't bet uh, the over when it originally opened, but uh shout out to the UTSA defense actually. So Clarence Hicks picks off Zappy in the red zone with 321 remaining to uh, end the comeback attempt for the Hilltoppers. But UTSA, man, they are a fun team to watch. If you get a chance to watch the Roadrunners this season, you definitely should. I recommend that. And then the last game I'll, I'll bring up, and I'll let Tom go. I'm sorry. You have to talk about Texas A&M. A former Nick Saban assistant has finally knocked off the old ball coach. Jimbo Fisher uh, was the first one to do it. Nick Saban is now 24-1. and against former assistants. Uh, these are the crazier stats here, boys. I don't know if... So, going into the game, Alabama was an 18.5-point favorites. Uh, they had won their last 50 games as as uh, double-digit favorites. They'd also won their last 100 games against unranked opponents. This yep. is historic shit we saw <laughs> on Saturday night. Uh, it, it, um, in college station, shout out to Zach Calzada. The Cuban missile is an absolutely electric, uh, nickname, Tom, you're shaking your finger at me. Cause you were talking about him a few weeks ago, but it's just incredible that a guy that this fans were booing at, at certain points and talking shit about leads them to that insane drive and they win the game. And I don't know if you guys saw the video, uh, they caught of the kickers family while, uh, like during the kick, Yeah, that was that was fucking awesome. Shout out to the Texas A&M Maggies. Awesome weekend of football. Uh, by the way, I predicted it, boys, but Georgia number one in the country. There we go. A very nice wrap up there. And speaking of that video, uh, one of the family members from that uh, little section, I think it was it was like his mom, dad, and then there was a like girlfriend, and then maybe like uncle or something, uh, tweeted out that they were – I guess had the the TV camera lined up for them to like show him on the screen because it's obviously a historic kick, and see they just never showed it on TV. They didn't show yeah. that kick, so no one got to saw it. But I watched uh, there was like a phone video of it. The girlfriend and the mom both like go down on their knees, start crying. Then the girlfriend realizes they're rushing the field, so she hops over that fence real quick. Like uh, that was that was awesome moment to watch. Yeah, I told you about the, those road runners. You said you were gonna bet them. I said, watch I out, because Zappy I throws said, it a billion times. Uh, we're gonna have a half and the money line, baby. Both of yeah. them hit for me. I told you. You said you said it was a rat line. I sniffed it out. It was not. <laughs> Those high-scoring games can get you sometimes. I just had to I warn know. you. Had to warn oh, you. Oh, I know. But yeah, I mean, you covered the you know the bigger games of the week pretty well there. Obviously, Texas A&M. I told you, Jimbo's doing well with that program. Um, it's kind of a shocker just because it is the first time that an assistant. Uh, has gotten that win over Saban, but at the same time, not really that big of a surprise. Uh, that team is on the up and up, so uh, shout out to them. Also, a uh, game you didn't really touch on too much yet. Uh, I'll just do this one quickly. Iowa over Penn State uh, was the other top matchup of that week. Penn State was looking to roll in that game. Sean Clifford gets hurt. Uh, Iowa comes back. You know, 
classic <laughs> Iowa fashion, very slowly, uh, but methodically, they get the win, number two in the nation now, uh, behind those George Bulldogs. Um, yeah, OU over Texas, heartbreaking. Texas, come on, man. Uh, bad loss there. Um, <laughs> Texas. I got a, I got a question for you guys about the Iowa Penn State game. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you guys pro or against their fans rushing the field as the higher ranked team and as favorites in the game? You know what? They're number two in the nation. Do whatever you want. Pro. I'm not going to say too much because my report card uh, in an upcoming segment might have something to say about this. So, okay, <laughs> Tom, okay. what's, what's your take curious. on it? <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm pro rush, and that's it. In that uh, situation, um, that was one of my games. Actually, um, that Iowa defense held the Nittany Lions to just three points in the second half. They forced four turnovers. Clifford threw two picks, and then their backup, Taquan Roberson, also threw two picks, and they forced ten Penn State penalties. That's a very hostile environment. Say what we want about Spencer Petrus. He didn't need to be great this game because the defense was great. Um, You know, so they're moving up and they have a very favorable schedule coming up. We talked about Jimbo Fisher just a couple minutes ago. He wanted Bama last year in the college football playoff. He didn't get it. He gets the win this time with a backup quarterback in Zach Calzada, which is absolutely insane. And what really sucks for Bama, A&M was already a two-loss team. That does not bode well. Alabama when the first official college football playoff rankings come out. Now you have a two-loss team on your resume, and you're probably going to draw Georgia in the SEC championship game. Can a two-loss Bama team get into the college football playoff? I'm not so sure. And then we want to talk about Oklahoma. How about Spencer Rattler getting benched for freshman Caleb Williams, who threw two touchdowns, not to mention had 88 yards on the ground and a 66-yard run, but Oklahoma, who was down 28-7, to decides, all right, new game in the second half, outscores uh, Texas 35-10. to And then, Brian, uh, I know you were on that Razorbacks bandwagon early on in the season. They've crashed down to reality real quick, a uh, couple losses. So those are the four games, the four games we just touched upon, and plus the, ro- the road runners, of course. We cannot forget about them, but Iowa. I- yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll save it. I, I remember what I was going to say. I, I, I'll save it for, uh, the segment later, but yeah, uh, I have inside information. So one of my, one of my really Uh-oh. good buddies is, is, is an Iowa fan and his relatives were at the game when Roberson checked in, I think they got two straight false start penalties. They said there was no, there's no way to describe how loud that place got uh it was just like one of the craziest environments they, they that they had ever been in so i mean i i'm i'm uh i'm not against the rush uh, at all uh, i guess when i first saw it i was a little confused but it's like <laughs> go go have fun more so just probably me being jealous that i don't get to do shit like that <laughs> yeah uh tom a- any other games of the week uh for you i know we kind of went long on you there no, that was it. You guys touched upon all the points. The big four for me were obviously Bama A&M, Iowa, Penn State, Sooners, Longhorns, and then Ole Miss and Arkansas. Those were my four games of the week. All right. Notre Dame against Virginia Tech. I mean, look, we'll save that for the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. 
Uh, well, then we will move into our next segment. That was week six that we just wrapped up, which means it is time again for midseason report cards. Uh, we're going to rank a few teams, maybe, a few players, maybe, uh, just a few things that uh, need a grade here. Uh, so we'll start with Tom on this one. Let me bring up your report card here. There it is. Iowa, Spencer Rattler, and Brian Kelly. Uh, start us off uh, with your with your grades here. So I'm giving Iowa an A. Their defense has not given up over 20 points per game. Um, I don't know if we're scaling an A-plus or not here for anybody, but for me it's an A just because their offense has not been like lights out, but their defense has been. And their path to the Big Ten championship game looks very clean right now. They're likely going to need to win that game to make the college football playoff. I'm not sure if a one-loss Iowa team can make it, but with the way this season is going, the Hawkeyes look really damn good. And that defense, the four turnovers they caused on Penn State on Saturday, has me really high on this Iowa team. As I have been for several weeks now, Andy can account for that. I have been very pro-Hawkeyes this season. Kirk Ferentz has been there forever, and he's doing an outstanding job. Um, that's my grade for Iowa. My next one, Spencer Rattler. I'm giving him a C-. minus. This is a guy who came into the season prized, highly coveted as a potential top five pick and the Heisman Trophy favorite. He has now lost his starting job to a freshman six weeks into the season. Uh, Lincoln Riley has handled this situation perfectly, putting the team first to stay undefeated. Rattler's numbers, look, they weren't awful. They really weren't, but there's nothing really special that stood out to me about this quarterback i just think they needed a spark in that game and they went with the freshman williams and you know quite frankly who knows maybe rattler's time at oklahoma is done um could this hurt his nfl draft future 100 percent, but he's not an f caliber player i'm giving him a c minus because i'm not totally down on him for good but i'm extremely disappointed with him and his play <laughs> Um, and then the last one I'm going to go over is Brian Kelly, right? Brian Kelly gets an A minus, and here's why. This is a very young Notre Dame team who, let's be real, guys, they should probably have multiple losses right now, right? You beat Toledo and Florida State by three. You beat Virginia Tech by three on the road, and the quarterback situation has been an ongoing circus since week two. Um, but they sit at five and one heading into the bye. Yes, there's been issues at quarterback, but Jack Cohn has been getting beat up behind an underwhelming offensive line. This is the worst offensive line Brian Kelly has had since being head coach at Notre Dame. Kelly is helping his team win these close games on the road in particular. They beat FSU on the road. They beat Virginia Tech on the road, and obviously they won by a sizable margin at Wisconsin. They are still in the, the discussion if they convincingly run the table for the college football playoff with how well Cincinnati is playing, that helps Notre Dame just a little bit. If they convincingly run the table and teams continue to beat each other up, there is a chance, not a big chance, but there is somewhat of a small chance for them to sneak in. This defense also has drastically improved since week one at Florida state. And we know Kelly is more of an offensive minded coach, but um, you know, he said some things this season that, you know, the, the media is deemed as questionable, but yet again, this team is still 
on a path to potentially only lose one game with a relatively young squad. And you have to give that man all the credit in the world with what he's done for the fighting Irish over this past decade. Yeah. Just quickly before we move on from yours, uh, the funniest thing about the Spencer Rattler thing to me, um, we talked about, you know, the NIL stuff uh, towards the beginning of the year and, you know, whether that was going to ruin college football and all that stuff. And my take on it at the time was that these companies will eventually figure out um, that these million-dollar contracts are wasted money. Um, this is a perfect example, and it's come so, so early. We were in week six, and the highest-paid uh, current NIL play- current player uh, with NIL deals, Spencer Rattler, is now on the bench and probably going to stay there um, for the remainder of the season uh, based on how the that Texas game uh, ended up. You know, that company well, just, is just throwing just money at them, and now it's what? They have a player who's, you know, going to ride the bench. So go ahead, Andy. I I feel like it's just we're just waiting for him to enter the transfer portal and end <laughs> up at, like, like, Arizona or Texas Tech or, like, Baylor or somewhere. Like, try to stay at a somewhat big-name program because he can't go to, like, you know, like, some like fcs school or so i guess he could but like he's a douchebag like i don't like him (laughs) at all like he's just if you've seen any videos or done any research on the guy the way he conducts himself it's just doesn't seem right uh i i think yeah i think it's just inevitable that he gets transferred away tom i i think your grades were, were very on point Iowa's defense seems to be like always good for a pick six like no matter no matter what they're they're gonna get one um, and then, yeah, Rattler C minus, I think that, cause it's not like he was terrible, but yeah, you're right. There was no spark. They're down what two scores, three scores to Texas. How can you come here? Like if you're Lincoln Riley next, this next week, how can you stand in front of your team and be like, all right, we're back to Rattler. Like I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's time for Caleb Williams. And of course he's just going to step in and be absolutely fucking electric and Oklahoma might uh, get that F word. Uh, title away from them frauds frauds um but yeah tom i i like the card i just Thank you. real quickly um i'll touch on this pretty much I, I feel like for rattler the one thing that has sort of saved him in our eyes like i think every time we've talked about him we're like oh that completion percentage that completion percentage it's still really high but he's just been like so it seems like it's still so unproductive for this Oklahoma team, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. he's he's so focused. I mean, he probably is not, but just the way it seems, based on you know that stat line, it seems like he's focused on only getting like completions, even if that's dumping it dumping it down short for like little three yard gains instead of you know going deep. I don't know if that's you know a Lincoln Riley you know call thing going on, but that was the only like pro that he had going on, um, and it hasn't helped them at all. So. Um, I don't know, just really, really, really odd stuff um, from Rattler. So I, I agree. The C minus is very appropriate there. Uh, we'll move on next to Andy's report card. Uh, let me bring that up here. There it is. Georgia defense, UTSA, the Roadrunners, and Coach O, LSU. Andy, let's hear your grades. All right, so start with the Georgia defense. This is something I've been saying I like every week on the show. They have the best defense in the country. They're absolutely insane. A plus, similar to Iowa's defense, uh, like like Tom's great. I did scale it to an A plus because I think they're that good. 
through six games, they've only allowed 33 points. That's insane. Uh, they're they're only allowing three and a half yards per play on 339 total plays. Just the longevity, what they've been able to do. They've given up two offensive touchdowns in six games. One, the first one was in garbage time versus uh, South Carolina, which I think pretty. I'm sure there. I think. Ugh, I apologize. I'm pretty sure there were a bunch of backups, like the twos were on the field. The first team offense uh, was not out there. They did give up one against Auburn on that tank Bigsby six-yard touchdown, but that was their only touchdown of the game, and Georgia ends ends up winning thirty-four to ten. They're the number one defense statistically in the in the NCAA. They're only allowing two hundred and one yards per game. Uh, the sixty-four yards on the ground is all they're allowing their opponents. They've just been an absolute brick wall, um, and I think it's them and it's them and Bama. Uh, in the SEC, and I think it's Georgia for the national championship. This is their best chance to win a championship that they have had in the past, you know, three, four, we could say five years. Uh, and there have been some very, very good Georgia teams that they have uh, thrown out there. So that is my first one, Georgia defense A+. They are just incredible. Uh, UTSA, this one, I love the fucking Roadrunners, guys. They're 6-0. and this six-game win streak is a school record, longest in school history. Second-year head coach Jeff Trailer has is just doing phenomenal. It's only his second year in the program. He's got them going in the right direction. You know, he's a former Texas high school coach. He spent time at major college programs like uh, Texas, Arkansas, SMU. Uh, when he was in high school, when he was a high school coach, he won 87% of his high school games. He takes a lot of pride in being from Texas, having a lot of former Texas high school coaches on his staff, and having Texas kids on his roster. Uh, and they are just showing out. And it's absolutely ridiculous that they are not ranked yet. They're six and zero. They are one. They are the best team in Conference USA. I know when you think of Conference USA, you don't think powerhouse, but give them some credit. Frank Harris has been so fun to watch. He's very solid at senior quarterback. Uh, he's leading this offense to average 450 yards per game and 37 points a game. Uh, I mentioned Sincere McCormick earlier. He's been a force in the backfield. Joshua Cephas, DeCorian Clark have been big play threats on the outside. Uh, and I also want to point out their biggest three wins, arguably, have all been on the road. At Illinois, that's a Big Ten win. At Memphis, who they've been a solid program in the American for a long time. And then this last weekend at Western Kentucky. I know Western Kentucky, that one and four record. But, I mean, uh, two of those losses are to Big Ten opponents. And, I mean, you you heard it. Fucking Zappy threw for 500 yards. Um, so, shout out to the Roadrunners. Rank them in the top 25, you cowards. I'm calling for it now. They are awesome. Uh, I hope to see them go undefeated. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, so my last one, this one, much like Tom, I'm I'm just disappointed. Uh, Coach O and LSU, an F. I think it warrants an F, guys. We are two years out, two years removed from a national title, and all hope seems lost in Baton Rouge around these program around this program. It's it's gotten that bad. Stubpar finished five and five last year. Obviously the opt outs, the COVID year. Um, and it could it get even worse this year? Just feels like everyone's getting hurt. Every day you see another report that someone is out for the year, opting out. Uh, Boutte is now out. The multiple corners with Stingley Jr. Elias Ricks are gone. They have no physicality 
or a desire to just play hard, it seems, especially in the trenches. They can't run the ball. It's been terrible. They're averaging 83.2 yards per game on the ground, 2.9 yards per carry as a team. Uh, their leading rusher is Davis Price uh, with 287, 287 yards and only two touchdowns on the year. That's through six games. That That's just – it's not that's not an SEC caliber run game. Um, and even on the defensive side of the ball as well, they're stacking the box and they're still giving up first down runs. Uh, and their last game against Kentucky, they gave up 8.9 yards per carry. Uh, it just hasn't been sustainable. All the air seems to just be, you know, out uh, of this balloon uh, that, that is the LSU Tigers uh, program. I think Coach O kind of seems disinterested and, uh, the team seems to be dis- disinterested as well. I think he might have lost the locker room, but so they're three and three, starting with number twenty Florida on Saturday. They play four straight ranked opponents. Cocho's seat is is currently the hottest in the country, and if things don't start looking up fast, he's out. Uh, which sucks to say, and it might already be too late. Hottest in the country. That's a pretty bold call. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't know who else is. Maybe Urban Meyer in the NFL, but this is a college football <laughs> show. That's true, that, but that is that's probably a pretty hot one as well. Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I like all the grades here. Um, I know you've jumped on the Roadrunners bandwagon pretty hard. Um, I haven't watched enough of them to, you know, give a solid A plus, but I'll trust you there. Um, I do think this is at least an, an A year for them. Um, and then yeah, Coach O LSU, uh, not good things there. Obviously, the injuries aren't going to help, but it's just weird how quick that downfall was. Everyone kind of warned us. Um, they said, you know, those coordinators w- were a big part of that successful LSU championship team. Um, seems like they were right, I guess, because um, yeah. it seems to be going that way. They've all left. Coach O, um, you know, not being able to replicate that success yet, and he might be gone before he gets the chance to. Uh, Tom, any thoughts on Andy's report card there? I agree with everything. Um, I mean, maybe not an F for Kojo. <laughs> uh, maybe more, if we're being generous, maybe more like in the D range. I mean, I don't know. Again, I haven't watched LSU very religiously this season. Um, you know, the only team I do that with is Notre Dame, and then I'll watch the game of the week. But, um, yeah, Coach O has a big issue on his hands right now, and he has not looked good coaching-wise this season. But LSU is going through a gauntlet right now. I mean, they, they just lost to Kentucky, and now, I mean, this week they have another tough battle coming up. So, yeah, I agree with everything Andy said. Um, that UTSA, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't done much research on them, but from what I've seen, from what I've looked up, they look damn good, and they're going to be pushing these – uh you know, committee people to put them in the top 25 sooner than later. All right. We'll wrap up Andy's report card then. Move on to the last one, which is my report card here. Uh, Didn't send it to you guys in our group chat, but I have Iowa State, the ACC, and fans. We're going to start with Iowa State here. Um, Yeah, beginning of the season – I keep bringing this up. Call call them for the Big 12 uh, winner. That's not looking too great there. Um, not even good, actually. 
They've already got two. <laughs> lo- they've already got two losses. So uh, I'm going to give them a D. Um, obviously, you know the Iowa loss, forgivable. It's the number two team in the nation now. The fact that they beat Penn State um, and did move up to two instead of you know that loss probably would have brought them down to maybe like number ten. The way things were going with Clifford, um, that would have looked worse for the Cyclones. Um, but Iowa did get the win. Uh, so you know. Quality loss, I guess, as the committee likes to say there. Um, the loss to Baylor, though, not as good. And, I mean, the schedule calling up at Kansas State uh, versus number 12, Oklahoma State, and then at West Virginia versus Texas, and then, o- or, yeah, Oklahoma, who now, you know, is probably going to have their quarterback situation sorted out by then, um, with Rattler probably riding the bench. <laughs> um, it's it's a tough road, and I they could easily... They, they could win all those games, but they could just as easily lose two or three more of those. Um, and this is, you know, like I said, the best core that this team has had in a while. Um, Brees Hall, fantastic running back. I know Tom loves him. Uh, not not doing too much to help them. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think this is just probably more of a disappointment thing for their fans. Um, they probably saw all these pieces falling together perfectly. Um, thought this was their season. It, it's it's not. Um, so, you know, disappointing for them uh, more than anything. But disappointing for me as well because I thought, you know, they could shake up the Big 12 uh, this year. But that's not going to happen, it looks like. Second up, I have the ACC giving them a C-. minus. Their golden child, Clemson, two losses already. And what else do they have to show for it? Not much. Uh only remaining undefeated team in the conference is the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Never thought I'd say that. Um, very weird to see. Um, they're sitting at number 16, 6-0. They could win the conference and not even be ranked in the top six at this point um, just because of <laughs> how low that ranking is right now. I mean, I'm just being honest. Uh, you, you guys already know my thoughts on preseason rankings uh, hurting teams. That could be the case here for, for Wake Forest. Um it's gonna be. T- they're gonna need a lot of teams to lose um, if they can pull off an undefeated season, which I think is probably not all too likely. Uh, Clemson probably they they've got only the one loss, so they could still technically you know get to the ACC championship game. Um, but I don't know where they go from there. I, I don't think the committee is gonna throw them in with two losses um, and not really great losses either. So um, yeah, it's just been an absolute clusterfuck. Uh, for them, Wake Forest ranked, NC State ranked at 22. Mm. I mean, t- Tom, I'll get your thoughts quick here. Uh, probably one of the other better teams up here, Virginia Tech. I know you got to watch them this past week against Notre Dame. Um, I mean, do they look like a threat at all? Or um, No, it was just Notre Dame with the quarterback issues. That's why they were in the game, and obviously the home crowd, Braxton, Burmeister didn't look good. I think your ACC grade would be a little bit higher than that if Notre Dame was in the conference again this year. No little bias there bringing <laughs> that up. But, um, I mean, look, it's 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 a fair grade. Um, Virginia Tech, they beat somebody really good early on in the season, and then they've just – they've lost they, – they've fallen off. They have another challenging matchup this weekend. I think they're going up against Pittsburgh. They're going up against the Heisman candidate. So the ACC is looking like an absolute mess. Um, that's the nice way of putting it. Uh, I don't think they're really going to do much. I mean, 
that Wake Forest NC State matchup in a few weeks looks enticing, but if this is what we're talking about as being good in the ACC, <laughs> that's a big problem. They're not getting a team this year. There, there's no way. They have little to zero shot of getting a team in the college football playoff, and it's a real shame. It is a real shame because last year you had Notre Dame and you had Clemson. Yeah, it's you know very enticing if you know Notre Dame does want to go to that conference. You know, and we've talked about that last year. We're trying. Yeah, um, that that would make things a lot more interesting because um, you know Clemson just everyone's you know on, on their back they have been carrying the conference for so long um which is why i can only give a c minus here um because clemson is already out of the conversation here for the college football playoff um yeah i think that big win you're talking about i just looked it up it was 17 10 week one against unc who has also fallen off so even that win um not as not as great for them as once thought and my final grade here the fans, the fans are back after a season of not being allowed in the stands. I'm giving them an A plus plus plus. I fucking love it. I've seen so much energy in the stands. Um, listen, the fans are such a big part of college football. It was so weird to watch it without them. They're back. They're electric. Uh, some of my favorites so far. Obviously, Tom didn't like my thoughts on the Cincy fans at Notre Dame, but they they showed up. They showed up. That was the biggest game in Cincinnati's football history, um, and they had a sizable crowd there. Um, some, <laughs> some other favorites. We had a double field rush. Uh, some fans didn't get a response back, so I'm not going to risk it. Uh, fan posted a TikTok. Uh, he did a double field rush. He was at the Red River Showdown at noon as a fan of Oklahoma, got to see the comeback, rushed the field, drove three hours to the Texas A&M, Alabama game, which at the time, I didn't realize those games were so close. Um, that was a night game. Threw on the Texas A&M. I think one of his brothers went there or something. Threw on the Texas A&M gear. They beat Alabama. Rushes the field again. I'm sure that was an incredible experience. Uh, like you said the f- earlier, Andy, the, the family of the kicker. Um, electric moment for them. They all rushed. Well, the girlfriend, at least. We got to see her. She hopped that, wall, yeah. Yeah, she hopped that thing real quick. Um and then yeah, like you said, Iowa rush in the field. I, I think I we're we're all one for more, it. One go, more field rush that you haven't hit yet. Oh, go for it. From from the Come Ass Bowl, the this UConn oh. versus UMass. That was my last one here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Just gorgeous. You you, you read my mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, UMass fans rushing the field against UConn. Some would say, "What the hell are you doing, UConn? Zero and seven. Do you really need to rush the field against an 0-7 team when you get the win? Yes. Yeah. Why the hell not? That was our first Man. win since September 28th, 2019. Go Minutemen. Rush that field as much as you want. Um, but, yeah, that, the fans, it's been an awesome thing to see them back in the stands, um, see them show out. Uh, thought, any thoughts on those grades? Uh, we kind of touched on the ACC, but Iowa State uh, or fans? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Fans are back. <laughs> Fans are back. Uh, there we go. Uh, we'll move then into our next segment, if I can get it up here. Actually, you know what? We're going to throw it to our man Tom here. May have something to say. Because he's got a little bit of merch. Uh, Tom, 
what, what's this merch situation you got going on here? So our network that I've, I run outside of this podcast called Review and Preview Sports launched our merch on Bonfire on Monday, October 11th. So please feel free to go check out some of our merch, support our podcast company. Um, we have a lot of good stuff, sweatshirts, T-shirts, long sleeve T-shirts, coffee mugs. We have the whole nine yards and we really do appreciate everyone that supported us so far on bonfire so make sure to go uh check that stuff out it's a two-week campaign right now but we're probably going to prolong that um i know andy's done it in the past and i'm really excited to get this merch out and uh yeah review and preview sports i mean you could check out all of our shows weekly monday tuesday wednesday thursday we have stuff flowing throughout the whole course of the week and you know, once we get our merch, we're going to start wearing it. And we love our fans. We love the support you guys give us. Brian and Andy have been huge supporters of our network over the last year. So, uh, yeah, guys, go check out some merch. Bonfire, review and preview. It's really good stuff. So make sure to go check that stuff out. There you can go. I get a, can I get a special, like, five-timers jacket or shirt or something <laughs> for appearing on all the review and preview shows? A, a, letter, a, a review and preview <laughs> I, letterman? Yeah, a letter on a, or maybe a plaque. <laughs> yeah, you have to appear on our wrestling show now. For oh, there you go. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you know I, wrestling. I know but... nothing. I had like very, very little. I've got some. I've got some buddies. Some good buddies that uh, I that I that I game with or are into wrestling. Well, I actually, did go to a, the AEW show in Chicago because I got a free ticket to it, um, which was pretty was pretty cool. Saw CM Punk's first match back, and I went to. I like the indie wrestling shit where they beat the shit out of each yeah. other with like glass and like light tubes and throw each other through shit. That that's the fun shit. Oh, um, but yeah, uh, love it, love it. Buy the merch. Buy the there merch. you go. Buy all the merch. We'll throw the link down in the description, uh, along with our links and Andy's links as well. Be sure to like and subscribe, and yeah, buy up all the merch. Christmas is coming. Holidays are coming. Black Friday's coming. You need something to buy? Buy that merch. Uh, and we'll move in now to our next segment. Not a very interesting name. First loss. Uh, still <laughs> quite a few undefeated teams here in the top 25. Uh, we're going to go over just a few of them uh, and estimate, make a guess as to who their first loss will be against or if they won't lose at all. Uh, starting off, the lowest ranked so far of this uh, grouping. We're going to start off with Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest, obviously, in the ACC, which I just torched a little bit. Uh, but they are undefeated. They are ranked. Andy, who is the first loss for Wake Forest? Um, This is tough. Like, you mentioned how the ACC is having a down year. Um, they like it or not, they do always seem to have some tough in-conference games. So if you look at the rest of Wake Forest's schedule, they're off this week. Uh, they have Army uh, next week. They uh, host Duke. They have to go to Army. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> they host Duke. They have to go to North Carolina. I know North Carolina has been bad this year, but I mean that that seems like a game that that could get scary. They they host uh, twenty two NC State. We know they knocked off Clemson. They have to go to Clemson. So if they are going to lose, I can see this team finishing eleven and one. Uh, if they are going to lose, I'm going to say they lose to NC State on November 13th. Okay, that's a home game. So, home loss there. Uh, I'm going with 
Um, probably what most, at least at the beginning of the season, would have expected uh, Clemson. Um, I mean, listen, I just talked a bunch of shit about Clemson, uh, <laughs> but they still uh, carry the rest of the conference on their back. Um, it's still a decent team, you know. It's not like they're absolutely terrible. They're just, just not their year. Um, right. And that's a road game. Um, that's a tough place to play in there, Death Valley. Um, listen, the Wake Forest team is doing pretty good, but that that's always a tough matchup. Um, they're, you know, DJ... Um, not not pulling out the stops that they they wanted there. Um, as a quarterback, I'm not even going to attempt his last name on the show today. Um, I butchered <laughs> it about five times already. Um, but yeah, that I, also you know the Army game on the road. Army is a weird team always. Um, I don't know. I, I think they'll 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 I think they'll take that one. I'm, I almost wanted to change there. I'm looking at it. Um, oh. If it was no, if it was later in the season, if we had if we had a a little cold boys game, you know, five degrees in the cold, triple option. Uh, I might give it to Army there, but I, I think I'm gonna stick with with Clemson as the first loss. Uh, Tom, 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 you know our guy Gabe Flayton's gonna get up for that one. Oh, absolutely, big <laughs> Army guy, big Army guy. Um, yeah, first loss. I'm going with Andy here. I'm going NC State. I don't think they're gonna beat them. I think again, they haven't. They've been competitive. Wake Forest, they've won a lot of games that they should, but I think they're going to end up being a two-loss team, actually. I do think they lose to Clemson on the road as well, but as far as a first loss goes, I think NC State is the team that they lose to. I understand they're at home, but NC State is also ranked. They've been coming on as of late, and that's a game I'm really excited to watch. You mentioned the ACC has been fraudulent all season long, and um, what better way to prove that very mediocrity even Wake Forest losing two games late in the in the season, Brian. So there you go. Uh, moving on to our next one, we have Michigan State Sparty, currently undefeated, um, as well as their rival Michigan, um, ranked slightly higher here uh, than Wake Forest. Tom, we'll start with you on this one. Who is Michigan State's first loss, or do they go undefeated? So Michigan, they're going to beat Indiana. They're going to beat Michigan. They're going to beat Purdue. And they're going to beat Maryland. But they're not going to beat Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State is their second to last game. I view that as their first loss. Um, I, I, I just don't really see them being able to take on Ohio State. I mean, it'll be a competitive football game, but... Uh, Michigan, they've had a couple, they, they've had a couple of very close victories this season. I mean, Rutgers took the, I mean, they haven't looked all that great and you guys know my stance on Jim Harbaugh, right? So I'm obviously going to pick the Spartans in that game, but I mean, Ohio state, I think late in the season, they're, they're going to be finding their footing. I don't think they're going to want to lose another game. So that's my first loss for MSU. Yeah, you kind of put it perfectly there with the, you know, finding their feet with Ohio State. That's who I'm going with as well. Uh, they're a little sketchy in the beginning of the season, but that's obviously the biggest game of the season um, for Michigan State right now. Um, that game, it's, it's on the road, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, they've, I think the Buckeyes have found their footing, and I, don't, I still don't know if I see them in the playoffs, but I don't think this Michigan State team is going to be able to um, to get past them here. 
Peyton Thorne's been all right at QB. Um, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. Love that ratio. You know, big ratio guy. Um, Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth Walker has been pretty effective. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Stroud and Ohio State have, have you know, done enough to get back on, on track here uh, to where they take down the Spartans at home uh, in the shoe. So, unfortunately, Michigan State not going undefeated for me. Andy, first loss for Michigan State. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go against you guys, and I think Michigan marches into East Lansing and beats Michigan State Ooh. on October 30th. Uh, a very spooky loss for the Spartans um, getting ready for <laughs> Halloween. So, if you, yeah, if you look at your schedule, um, so they do. So they have Indiana. They're at Indiana this week. Um, then they have a bye. I was kind of like tempted to almost take Indiana because just as like maybe this is a look ahead game uh for for michigan state what they don't really care there's they're just looking forward to michigan but they've got a buy coming up before the michigan game so i I am going to take the spartans i'm not going to be surprised if they beat michigan Uh, i just like what the wolverines have going this year and i i want to be a little different from from the fellas this time so uh i mean they i think one of two things happens i think they either lose to michigan they beat Purdue, beat Maryland, and they lose to Ohio State, lose Penn State. I think best case scenario for Michigan State this season is ten and two. Okay, yeah, I mean that's just really tough tail end of that schedule for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then moving on to our next one, we have Oklahoma pulled off the comeback this week in the Red River Showdown. Andy, we'll start with you on this one. The Sooners. Are they finally going to get beaten? Can they keep getting away with this, with these sketchy-ass wins? Uh, will they go undefeated, or who is their first loss? So if you look at their schedule, so this weekend they have TCU. TCU hasn't looked terrible, but, I mean, they're, they're an unranked team. They're going to Norman. Uh, they have to go to Lawrence to play the Jayhawks uh, <laughs> next week. Watch out for that one. They host Texas Tech. They got to go to Baylor, who Baylor's looked pretty good this year. Uh, Brian's Iowa State Cyclones march into Norman, Oklahoma on November 20th. I think their first loss, I think this, it's they're going to fucking string us along all year. They're, they're going to lose in Bedlam. They're going to lose to Oklahoma State last game of the year, uh, November 27th. All right, Tom. Uh, unfortunately, I agree with Andy. I, I think Baylor will be another challenging game for them. I will not be shocked if Baylor pulls off the upset there. Just keep that on record in a few weeks from now. Um, I think Baylor it's is noted, very Tom, I upsetting. That. I got that in my personal <laughs> notes. Them in that game, but I think that would have been more likely to happen if Spencer Rattler was the quarterback. Now that he's not, I think Oklahoma state is probably the team that upsets them. Um, again, you know, it's an interstate rival. It's going to be a hostile environment. Oklahoma is on the road in that game. Uh, and it is the last game of the season. So if they are a one loss team. I mean, they probably still get into the big 12 championship game, but it's really going to affect their college football playoff status. Cause right now Oklahoma is viewed as a team that, probably has to be undefeated to get in because of their margin of victories this year has been extremely close guys. Mm-hmm. They haven't been that. And we've seen what the committee has been doing. They've been moving teams down that are even undefeated that aren't winning 
by sizable margins. They're taking that more into consideration this year than in years past. So I think Oklahoma is in trouble if they do lose that last game of the season. And unfortunately, I think they will. Yeah, so very similar, um, but different. I'll start off by saying I had a big one planned. I was going to call TCU over Oklahoma um, before the Honestly, Red— when I looked at it the first time, I was like, I think they can. I, I don't disagree with you there, Brian. Yeah, but that was pre-Red River showdown. They now have who I think is the better quarterback um, and the better situation in Caleb Williams. So— Despite the fact that you know he he just came in for you know half a game last week um, and doesn't have many reps in you know game scenarios, I think they do take care of him there. I do think also they lose to Oklahoma State, but not in Bedlam. I think they lose in the conference championship game. They're going. Okay. They're going to get a big okay. win on the road against the Cowboys, and then I think. They fuck it up in the conference championship game. Um, I think regardless of how the rest of the season goes, like, to me, I I do hate that they do keep getting away with it. Like, I don't want them to keep getting away with it. Uh Uh-huh. But I've just, like, the story just over and over again, like, just watching these games, it's so stressful for me as an, like, I'll watch them as a neutral. I don't don't hate them. Um, But they somehow keep doing it. And I just think it's going to keep happening. Like, it just seems like one of those years. And now they've got the better quarterback in, so maybe, you know, these these slim margins of, you know, three, four-point victories, you know, stretch out to, you know, seven, ten-point victories. Um, but I do think they're still going to mess it up, and that will be in the conference championship game, uh, which, you know, might make it a little bit worse for them. I don't know. Do you guys think they slide into the playoff, what, 11, 12-1 at that point, if that's their only loss? It'd be a weird situation, actually, because assuming Oklahoma State is who they play in the conference championship game, they could have you know one v one win against each other, but Oklahoma State would have the conference championship win, and Oklahoma would have. So I guess the answer is no, because Oklahoma so, would only have the regular season win. That's that's the only way they get in. I think if it's reversed, if Oklahoma State wins the last game and Oklahoma wins the conference championship game, because it pretty much offsets that previous loss. So you could look at it saying, oh, well, they beat the team that they just lost to. So how the hell are we going to keep them out? Especially if Oklahoma State is a top 10 team by that point, right? Because if they beat Oklahoma, they will be a top 10 team heading into that game. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky. This is a conversation the three of us are probably going to have again in a month from now when things are getting very, very intense. So I'm really looking forward to having that discussion. All right, yeah, well, I almost wanted to get into it a little bit more, but yeah, you're right. We'll we'll probably save that one. Uh, Go ahead. It's like what you were saying about Bama earlier. It's like, how could you possibly put a two-loss Bama in? It's like the fucking playoff committee will find a way. (laughs) They'll play Georgia really close. It'll come down to the wire, and Georgia will win. And it's like, you know what? Crimson Tide, you're in. Yeah, we'll Uh, we'll get um, the eye test. The eye test yeah. is what they like to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they passed the eye test. Yeah. Yes. Oh, All shit. right. And then lastly here, we have current number one in the nation, Georgia Bulldogs. Big team. Big defense. Alabama has fallen off, and Georgia now looks like the runaway favorite here. 
Uh, Andy, we'll start with you again on this one. Did we see a first loss from Georgia, or did the Bulldogs go undefeated? I'm betting on them going undefeated, and here's why. So if they they won't have to face Alabama until the SEC championship game, that's assuming uh, neither of these teams stumble, of, of course, but or assuming Alabama doesn't lose another game, which I'm, I don't think they will. But if you look at uh, Georgia's schedule, the toughest game they really have left is this weekend against Kentucky, a team that's surging right now, number 11 in the country, but it is at home uh, between the hedges. Follow that up with, <clears throat> excuse me, going to the swamp uh, to face Florida. That's going to be another tough game. We know uh, how much problems Florida gave Alabama earlier this year. Uh, we all, they, you know, they, they host Missouri. That's a wash. Tennessee's not looking too bad. Uh, they have to go to Rocky Top to play Tennessee on November 13th. They host Charleston Southern, that classic uh, second-to-last-weekend cupcake game for the SEC. Uh, and then they have their rivalry with Georgia Tech uh, on November 27th. I don't see a loss here. If I'm doing my eye test, Brian, I don't <laughs> see a loss here. Potentially to Bama in the SEC championship game. Um, I, I don't know. I think Georgia is the best team in the country right now. Uh, and I think they, they proved that, uh, this past weekend, I'm going to say they go undefeated. All right, Tom. Yeah. I mean, look, the swamp is always a tough place to play, but Florida had a bad loss a week or two ago. Right. So now they're a two loss team all of a sudden, and they've kind mm -hmm. of fallen off the roadmap. So let me, let me quickly interrupt you guys. Um, um, I was looking at the schedule. This, to me, it still looks like that game is at the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. Has that been changed? Oh, okay. Change? Yeah, so you're right. That's, you're no, you are right. Actually, that's closer to Georgia than okay. it is Florida. Yeah. My fault. Oh, I just My wanted fault. to make sure because I know it was, I didn't know if there's like some weird COVID rule and they changed it. No, because um, I totally I, forgot they played that in Jacksonville. I apologize. Yeah, I thought it was at Jacksonville too, but I. I don't know why. I guess Andy and I both had a little snafu <laughs> right there. But anyway, um, they will be in Jacksonville. Actually, that would be a great game to go to. Yep. Um, yeah, they're not losing that game. And I, if they lose, it'll be to Bama in the SEC championship game. But I am not predicting that at this time. I am predicting Georgia to go undefeated. And they will be the reason why Bama does not make the college football playoff this season if that does in fact happen so i'm predicting georgia to lose no football games all right wow two undefeateds do i go with the grain no um solely <laughs> because I, it would just be such a georgia thing to go undefeated into the sec championship game and lose to alabama um i think that's exactly what is going to happen here the, the tail end of their schedule is very weak, which I think actually helps them a lot. Um, I mean, I don't want to write off some of these teams as being, like, awful, but for how easy the end of their schedule is compared to how it was in the beginning, they're going to get some cupcakes and a lot of rest here um, before they go into what presumably will be Alabama in that SEC championship game. Um, it's actually a little bit of a risk here for me to take this because Alabama might not even come out of the West. Um, yeah. I think they will. I think they will. But, yeah, I don't know. Calling the SEC championship game in general 
you know, for all we know, someone else comes out of there like a who would we? It can't be Old Miss now, right? Because of the heads up, had to be. It could be Kentucky, right? Or no? No, Kentucky's in, to... Yeah, Kentucky's in the East. Um, I think. Okay, yeah, it's got to be Alabama. The next best up is Auburn. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think we will see that game. And I think I don't know. It, Arkansas? Are they not in the? They are, but they have the two conference losses already. Oh, you're right. You're so, right. You're right. Yeah, I, I think we do see Bama, and it would just be. Listen, I would love to see Georgia win that game but i think uh just based on you know history um things have not gone the bulldogs way of late these past couple decades and you don't say yeah i think it might happen again so uh i'm gonna call georgia's first loss the sec championship game um and that'll be that as we move into our shots and chasers i do not have this week's records um get back to that next week um, who do we have? Uh, f- sorry, first up, uh, in the noon slot, Texas just took that embarrassing comeback loss from Oklahoma, taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, currently ranked number twelve. Uh, this game is on Fox. Tom, who do you have winning this game? Oh, you're starting with me, and I really don't want to <laughs> do this either because I just hyped up Oklahoma State to be this, you know, in- an insane <laughs> team that, that that's gonna <laughs> knock off o- Oklahoma, but. Um, Casey Thompson just torched that Oklahoma defense and Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy are lethal weapons. And Texas's two losses are to Arkansas and Oklahoma. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, he's moved his team in the right direction. They figured out their quarterback problem. And the Cowboys are coming off two wins against ranked teams in themselves and Kansas State and Baylor, who were previously ranked. However, I do not love their quarterback. Spencer Sanders had three interceptions. I think their offense leans on the running game a little bit too much. And the fact that this is at Texas, I'm going to pick Texas to win this football game uh, on Saturday. So I'm going Longhorns. And they are favored by five. Yep. Andy? Uh, Yeah, this is interesting because, I mean, last week Texas, not back like we said, but they did look really good for three quarters of that game. And they have lost to two really good football teams. Oklahoma state is just quietly undefeated uh, over there in Stillwater, just doing the little things right. But it's kind of the opposite of what we're used to seeing from the Cowboys, right? That explosive offense, really they're getting it done on the defensive side of the ball this year. The defensive line has just been incredible uh, for OSU so far this year. Um, you know, they're ranked number 12 in the country. Texas is really does really need a bounce back after the, you know, the highs and lows of that game. Uh, Casey Thompson, I mean, he threw for five touchdown passes, 388 yards. Uh, I don't I don't know. This one's this <laughs> one's really tough for me. I'm trying to talk myself in because I'm I'm kind of surprised Tom picked Texas. So that that <laughs> threw that you off surprise. Uh I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm taking Texas. I'm the Longhorns. Locking in Texas. Andy hates that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Not that I agree with Tom. You just shocked me. But uh, not that I hate to agree with Tom. But it's just like after. No, you're right. I just talked up Oklahoma State and how they're going to beat Oklahoma. Um, I don't know. I just this just feels like a big bounce back spot for Texas to prove like, hey, we're actually, you know, 
a pretty good pretty good football team. Right. Yeah, that's, and it, it is a road game for Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the same. You know, kind of way I looked at this game. Texas, like you said, was good for three quarters, and the reason they lost that game, I mean, they lost that game for a few reasons, but you know, Oklahoma had the advantage of putting in a QB who a I think is you know all around as a player better than Rattler, but also in a QB that they didn't really have you know, time or any tape on to prep for, um, you know, obviously you would take, if someone offered you the lead or, you know, not being able to prep for a QB change, you would take the lead every single time, but it's still always difficult in that situation when a guy who you've never seen play comes in, uh, and starts doing things that, you know, you've got no tape on, uh, you haven't prepped for. So yeah, Oklahoma state ranked higher, but Texas, this team, now that they have Casey Thompson at the helm, um, you know, B.J. Robinson been healthy all season. You know, he's still producing game after game. Uh, I just love all the pieces that that Texas team has. Um, obviously, it's a bad loss to, to allow your rival to come back and win a game like that. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a very clear bounce-back game for them. Um, and I think not only do they win, I think they cover the spread at, you know, minus five. So I'm also take the Longhorns here. Uh Moving into the chaser for noon, little AAC action as we have the Bearcats, the highest ranked G5 team in the country, sitting at number three, taking on my UCF Knights, uh, who are struggling a little bit. Uh, Andy, seems like a pretty obvious sweep here, even for me, but who do you think is winning this game? The Bearcats are gonna <laughs> kick your ass, Brian. I'm really, I'm, I'm really sorry, really sorry to say it to you, um, but I mean, come on. We know how awesome Desmond Ritter has been. I can't get enough of Jerome Ford in the backfield, um, as as well. But their defense, they just don't, they just suffocate you. Uh, they're only, I think they're what I say a couple weeks ago, like three and a half yards per carry. Uh, they, it is going to be an uphill battle for UCF. Isn't Dylan Gabriel hurt too? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think it's a long day. I think it's a long day. Um, but I think Cincinnati takes this and I think it's going to be pretty easy for him. I, I agree. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a UCF shirt right now, but underneath it, just kidding. I'm not going to pull off a, a switcheroo <laughs> here. Um, as we were talking about, that would have been an, that would have been such a heel move, WWE, since we were talking about wrestling earlier, to just rip that off, uh-huh. pull out a Bearcats, but I, I think that's illegal, probably in most states. Um, yeah, man, I really wish I could say uh, I want UCF to even win this game, but I honestly don't. I, I really want the G5. Um, I know we're leaving it, <laughs> but to get a little bit of respect here in the rankings, um, by way of two top five teams knocking, one of them knocking the other off, Last week in the Iowa-Penn State game, Cincinnati now sits at number three. Alabama lost, so they moved up. I, I said they were going to be number four, regardless of what happened uh, two weeks ago. Now they've gotten that extra spot. It's a little bit of a cushion there. Um, so teams now two teams have to pass them to knock them out. Um, I don't think that happens. I think Cincinnati absolutely <laughs> rolls here. Uh, sorry, Mikey Keene, uh, who is our... our the, the QB who has stepped in for Dylan Gabriel, but you're not that guy. 
uh, at least not this season. <laughs> 21 point spread. So nobody nobody likes us in this game. Uh, I'm taking the Bearcats. Tom. You know, Brian, you, you've taken the Bearcats a lot this season, and you made a bold prediction two weeks ago, and it's correct. And I think we lost. I think your team's getting obliterated on, on Saturday. Um, that Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce defensively. You have Deshaun Pace, Ahmad Gardner, and Archon Bush. Since he will be rocking at home. Um, I do like Ryan O'Keefe, though, for – UCF, I think he's a really good wide receiver. So is Brandon Johnson. But I think Cincinnati's going to win this game and more than likely cover the spread. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, keep winning big, Cincinnati, please. It'll really help us out. <laughs> there you go. Um, then moving into the midday slate, we have number one Georgia Bulldogs taking on also undefeated Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you on this one. I think we know the answer because of the last segment, but uh, who wins this game? Boy, I was really wrong about Kentucky last week taking LSU, but Will Levis put a 42-piece on LSU last week. Three passing touchdowns, two on the ground, 75 rushing yards. They've got Chris Rodriguez. They've got Kavasi Smoke, who both rushed for over 100 yards. Yes. Wondell Robinson has four touchdowns. I love J.J. Weaver. This is a defense that held Florida to 13 points. But there's always a but. Georgia <laughs> is coming off a 24-point win against Auburn at Auburn, who was ranked 18th. Stetson Bennett has done a good job filling in for JT Daniels. Uh, Lad McConkie had five catches for 135 yards. And the Bulldogs, they'll throw out Z uh, Zamir White at you. They'll throw out James Cook. Adam Anderson and Akomi Dean lead a defense that has – had 22 sacks in their first six games of the season. And then you got a really dangerous secondary in Chris Smith, Lewis Sign. Um, this team's already pitched two shutouts this year. In my opinion, they're the best defense in the nation. Um, that might even be a fact at this point, not an opinion. So give me Georgia. Uh, 23 points, though, seems a little generous um, mm -hmm. in favor of Georgia. I don't know if Kentucky's going to lose by that much, but – um, I'm going to give them a little bit of credit where credit is due, but the Bulldogs are going to win this game. All right, and I will point out, I I used that time to, to find this stat because I think this is, uh, honestly, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, but this is the first time that two SEC East teams with a 6-0 and or better record will face off in the history of the SEC. That's an old-ass conference. That's... For this to be the first time, that is that's pretty cool. Um, some will say, well, yeah, the SEC East is really weak, so that's why. Um, but I don't know. It, I think it'll be an interesting game uh, nonetheless, but I still think Kentucky um, probably gets spanked. Um, good for them that they've you know gotten to number 11. Love to see that win over Florida. I also took LSU last week, gave a little di bit of disrespect to the Wildcats. Um, didn't work out. Because they whooped LSU. Um, that's probably part of the reason why Andy's given Coach O and LSU a big fat F on his report card earlier. Also why I picked Kentucky, because I saw it coming. Yep, so, um, yeah, I, they've just got too many pieces in light. Tom, like you said, Stetson Bennett has been a nice replacement for JT Daniels. I didn't trust him earlier, um, but he's done well enough. I think they're still better off with Daniels uh, if he does, does come back, you know, even just 90% healthy. Um, but I think Georgia should roll here. 
um, pretty easily. Andy, who's your pick? So, yeah, Tom Tom mentioned the spread at 23. That seems like a lot of points. Both of these teams are 5-1 and one against the spread on the year, so that's an, a line I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Uh, Kentucky has – they've been a great football team this year. You know, they're putting up 31 points a game. They're only uh, allowing 17 and a half. They haven't allowed more than 28 points in a game through their first six this year. But, I mean – Tom said it, and it is a fact, and I'm glad you're on the right side of history now, Tom. <laughs> Georgia does have the best defense in the NCAA. Um, what they're going to – and you mentioned Zamir White. What Georgia, what does Georgia want to do with the mailman, Stetson Bennett, under center? They want to pound the rock. They want to shove it in your face, and they want to control the clock. Uh, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Zamir White uh, if JT Daniels is still out, which I believe he is. Stetson Bennett's just going to be a game manager, do what he has to, do what he has to, try not to make mistakes, uh, and just keep the offense moving. They're going to pound the rock, and uh, Will Levis, Wandell Robinson, they're, they're, they have an uphill battle on the offensive side of the ball for the Wildcats as well. I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier how much I love this Georgia defense, um, whether it's through the air, only at, only allowing 137 yards, or on the ground, only allowing 64 yards a game. Uh, this Bulldog defense is for real, and they are a brick wall, like I said, for like the fifth time on this show, it feels like. But uh, watch out. Dogs roll, move to 7-0. and Honestly, I wouldn't mind if they lost. I'd love to see an upset in Athens, but I, I just don't think it happens. All right, moving on to the chaser for the slot. We have Virginia Tech versus Pitt. We talked about Pitt a little bit uh, last week in uh, a segment that involved Kenny Pickett, um, who's doing pretty damn well at QB for Pitt. Tom, you got to see a little bit of Virginia Tech last week against Notre Dame. Took you guys to the wire, but your kicker had ice in his veins. Nailed the kick for the win. Uh, we'll start with you on this one, since you do have the most recent game tape on them. Uh, who wins this one, Virginia Tech or Pitt? It was funny. Saturday night, I sent you guys a picture. Brian, you thought I was at Virginia Tech yeah. <laughs> at that game. Uh, meanwhile, I was at a bar in Connecticut. Um, but yes, the Notre Dame game was on. And uh, look, Pittsburgh, okay. Blacksburg, Virginia is a very tough place to play. But when you got a Heisman candidate in Kenny Pickett, 19 touchdowns, just one pick, he's completed 72% of his passes. Um, you know, you can consider him, I don't want to say a poor man's version of Joe Burrow, but he's kind of been, there are similarities where Pickett has kind of jumped on the scene out of nowhere. Joe Burrow did a very similar thing two years ago. Obviously his team was more well-rounded. Pickett is kind of carrying this team by himself, but they had three running backs with at least two touchdowns. So we can't discredit that. And Jordan Addison has nine touchdown receptions. And a good football team always has a good tight end. Lucas Kroll, five touchdowns on the season. So, no, it's not just Pickett that carries this team. It's the whole offense that carries this team. And I'm looking at this offense and what they've been able to produce. They've scored over 40 points in every game this season. You want to talk about an ACC, an ACC team that has a legit shot? Pittsburgh is that team, Brian. It's not Wake Forest. Virginia Tech only lost by three to Notre Dame last week. That's very true. But Braxton Burmeister continues to hold this offense back. I don't see Virginia Tech, um, you know, getting beat by a lot in this game because they have a good defense that can potentially slow down 
that Pittsburgh offense because I do like Jermaine Waller with those four interceptions. But uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to take it on the road. Kenny Pickett poses way too much matchup problems for this Hokie secondary, guys. Yeah, you covered a lot of their offensive weapons. Um, I'll listen, I'm on the Kenny Pickett train. Uh, 19 touchdowns, one interception, 52 points per game. That is such a weird thing to say about a pit team. Uh, <laughs> 500 yards of offense, too. It, it's on. It's crazy. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, they are favored here uh, on the road, which is also, you know, really weird because this isn't a bad Virginia Tech team. Like you said, Blacksburg, hard place to play. Um, but yeah, it's they're they're explosive this year. Uh, what else can you say about them? Um, it's real, real unfortunate that they do have that weird loss, I guess. Uh, I'll say to Western Michigan because if I I agree, Tom, if they were undefeated, this is the team um, that could have brought some glory to the ACC. Um, but that was by no fault of Pickett and the offense. Uh, themselves that was a little bit of a defensive unmaster class there um, but I do think they win here Virginia Tech just had a really tough game against Notre Dame Pitt had a bye week I love that love that uh, they get the rest uh, I think Kenny Pickett leads them to victory here looking at the spread five points mm, that's a little it's a little rough um, I do think it'll be kind of close um, but I don't think it's worth risking it here but I'm, I'm still taking Pitt for the pick them. Andy, who's your pick? Who's your pick? Uh, it's got to be Pitt. It's, it's got It was always Pittsburgh, guys. It was always <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, you look, we, we mentioned it, 52 points per game. Uh, that This might be the best defense they've played so far. Um, if you look at it, you know, the Hokies are only allowing 18 points for their opponents, 18 points per game. And, you know, but I just think this offense just is just too... <clears throat> excuse me, is just too explosive. Braxton Burmeister has been, you know, okay. He's their leading rusher as well uh, with 193 yards and two touchdowns on 58 carries. Um, so it shows you that they're kind of lacking um, at running back there, um, but they still do average 140 yards on the ground as a team. But I just don't think there's going to be enough um, for the Hokies in this game. I love Pittsburgh here. Uh, just, yeah, you mentioned it, 19 touchdowns to one interception. I'm not as big of the ratio guy as Brian, but uh, I assume he was really good at getting into parties in college if, if he had a good ratio. So, <laughs> All right, sweep for Pitt in what is, you know, kind of looking like an even game, but everyone loves the Panthers here. Uh, moving on to our late games. Um, this is typically a 7.30 slot, but this is a very, very late game here. Classic Pac-12 action. We have Arizona State, the Sun Devils, taking on Utah. Starts at 10 p.m. Uh, it is our shot for the... I, I call it 7.30, but this is, it's now technically our, our late night games. Uh, Andy, who takes this? Uh, Arizona State takes this game. So Utah, they replaced Charlie Brewer in, you know, like after like four games, I think after he got benched, he is in the transfer portal. They haven't looked right uh, kind of since then. Arizona State's finding their footing, um, you know, after a good week last week, getting that victory over Stanford. So, I mean, Jalen Davis has been pretty great. Um, God damn. 
can't talk has has been pretty great for them this year. He's been a solid leader under center. Uh, I just like Herm Edwards' team in this game. I'm taking Arizona State. Firm for Herm. Tom, uh, you know I'm <laughs> firm for Herm. <laughs> I like the Sun Devils too. Um, they've won three in a row: Colorado, UCLA, who's still ranked somehow, and then Stanford. So. Uh, I like Darian Butler, too, defensively, and I love their running back. Rashad White has nine touchdowns. I don't think uh, the Utes are going to be able to pull this one off. Now, Cameron Rising has been real solid in his first three starts for the Utes. He loves his tight ends, Brant Kuth and Dalton Kincaid. I think those are two good players for him, but he doesn't really have a go-to wide receiver. Both teams have one common opponent. They both lost to BYU. The Utes are coming off a win against USC, but they've kind of fallen off over the past couple of years. Give me Arizona State. Going against the grain here. I am taking the Utes. Tom, you gave a little bit of a laugh a few weeks ago uh, when we were talking about Oregon's schedule. Um, I said going to Utah could be a tough game. You gave me a little bit of a snicker. Um, I think this is still a pretty decent Utah team here. Uh, Cameron Rising, like you said, um, now has the the starting job here for the Utes. Listen, I'm typically on the firm for Herm train. Um, love that, love Herm Edwards, uh, but Utah is a Utah um, through and through. Um, they have a great rush game. They're actually favored here in this game um, as far as the FPI goes. E- even spread here, so you know, n- no money line action uh, either way. Um, 110, yeah, minus 110 for both teams here. Um, listen, you, Arizona State, decent team. Daniels, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Andy, you gonna dog on me from my from my ratio love? Uh, that's not very, it's not very great. Um, no. but yeah, I'm just going against the grain here. This game really could honestly go either way. Um, I don't know who's gonna win this game. Um, but for the sake of pick them, uh, I need to get a little bit of a gap. Uh, so I'm going with the Utes and then moving into a game that is actually around 7, 7.30. We have a little bit of D2 action here. We have Grand Valley State taking on Ferris State. Uh, this, this is on the slate. It was inspired by a Reddit post, uh, by a user, uh, called Clichin. Um, he did a really nice write-up. He wanted college game day to go here. Uh, for this game because they have never been to a Division II game despite being around for 30 years. Both teams here undefeated. Grand Valley State ranked number 7. Fair State ranked number 3. Um, a lot of interesting takes here for this game. Um, we'll sp- we'll spread them out uh, amongst everyone because I'm sure uh, you know, Tom, a name you might recognize is uh, an alumni or sorry, not an alumni, uh, ex-coach of uh, one of these teams. So we'll start with you on this one. Who wins? Well, Brian Kelly coached Grand Valley State from 1991 to 2003. Little fun fact, as I'm sure you both know. Uh, look, this is a huge rivalry game. They play for the Anchor Bone Trophy. These schools are only one hour away from each other. You got the third-ranked team against the seventh-ranked team. Both teams are 5-0. and oh. Matt Mitchell has a very impressive squad. Grand Valley State averages 48 points per game i like Cade peterson a lot he's a dual threat hunter ryson with three touchdowns on the season but ferris state also has a really impressive quarterback in Milik mitchell 
Um, I really like what he brings to the table. And that offense alone is averaging 50 points per game and over 550 yards. So, man, this is really tough. But I'm going with Grand Valley State at home. I, I think that, again, I don't know how much of a home crowd advantage they're going to have because of how well-versed Ferris State is and how close they are in location. But I'm going to go with Grand Valley State here and the Lakers. All right, Andy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to, like, pretend to know a bunch about Division II football because I don't, but from the little that I have read about it, um, so Grand Valley State, I think their stadium holds, like, 10,000 people, which, like, the past, like, nine or ten years, they've led Division II in attendance. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a big game. Tom mentioned it. Fair State's only an hour away. I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of, you know, a lot of opposing fans in the in, in the stands as well. Um, you know, both teams come in undefeated. Uh, Fair State's the number two team in the country. We have GVSU's number seven. Um, I don't know, man. I, I it, it this game means a lot to both teams. I, I, like like I said, this is me basically shooting shooting darts with a blindfold on. I'm going to take the home team. I'm taking Grand Valley State. All right. It, it was hard to find, you know, some yeah. info on these teams. Um, it is worth noting, though, as, you know, to us, it seems like a 50-50. Fair State uh, has won the last four meetings, um, but the last three in the regular season have been decided by a combined 10 points. So, the uh, Lakers are due. <laughs> they are interestingly Andy picking all the same teams as me this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's bound to happen sometime, Tom. Yeah, interestingly, um up oh, lost okay. The mascot, Louis Laker. So these teams in FBS have some of the most boring mascots, some of the most boring names for the rivalry. We have the Anchorbone Classic is what we're watching here, boys. And you have a mascot called Louis Laker. Don't know if you can see the uh I'm sure you guys saw it looking up the stats for this game. But I have the mascot, the logo on the screen, four shots and chasers. What a great fucking logo. Like we get these boring letters for all these teams. Northwestern, here's an N. Nebraska, here's an N. Look at this dude. What an absolute unit Louie Laker is. Fair State's Fair State's uh, mascot isn't too bad himself. Um but yeah, listen, since nineteen ninety nine, no team has won this this matchup. And then current, and then lost the next one. They go on streaks. Okay, Fair State is on a streak, but I think that changes here. Uh, I think Grand Valley State does get the win at home. They have QB K Peterson, ten touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, and also a solid running back and Tariq Reed. He has four touchdowns on just thirteen carries uh, a few weeks ago against Michigan Tech, uh, filling in for K Peterson who had an off week that week, um, and. From that Reddit post of Clichin, uh, he gave us some notable names for this game. Uh, Grand Valley State wide receiver Hunter Risen, who is the son of NFL wide receiver Andre Risen, transferred there from Michigan State. Um, then we had a few more. Um, I think uh, it was Patriots players. So someone filled me in. I forgot. Judon. Judon. Okay, Matt, that's how you say it. Matt Judon went to Grand Valley State. Yes, uh, uh, he, he's been doing pretty well. He was obviously 
having a great game against the Bucks. Uh, for anyone that caught that Tom Brady uh, reunion game. Um, but yes, Judon came out of there. They currently have Hunter Ryzen. Um, but probably the most interesting stat of this entire thing is that Fair State's QB is a lacrosse player. Played two-sport player. Um, He's a dual-threat QB in high school but didn't play because he was such a good lacrosse player. He went to Maryland, who is historically a very good uh, lacrosse uh, lacrosse school. He was a finalist for the T. Wharton Award, uh, which is basically their Heisman. Um, there's just so much to say about this, but I know we have to wrap it up here. Uh, if Tom has to go. Uh, Fair State averaging 50 points a game, but I still think um, that Grand Valley State and Louie Laker take this game. I think it'll be a shootout. So if you can find this one, if you live in Michigan or if you can pirate this game, it'll be on GVSN and WGVU. Um, so if you get that Grand Valley locked in. Yeah, if you get that Grand Valley television station, uh, you got that satellite Quick, dish. Quickly, I've got one more stat. Ferris State is currently on a 33-game winning streak. 33 consecutive regular season Oof. games and 18 consecutive road games. Um, this will be an uphill battle for us, boys. But we're locked in to the Lakers. <laughs> we're locked in. Louie Laker, a sweep. That'll wrap up the show. That was our Shots and Chasers. Enjoy the games. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Um, subscribe. Like everyone's links down below in the description. Andy's Tom's. Buy Tom's merch uh, down in the description. Uh, enjoy the games. See everyone next week.